Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Park. 
pretty emphatic. Uh, Alde Radon is getting clapped off. The only good player today. Um, Listen, Everton are going down. Everton are absolutely going down. I think Stan, um, the two bottom teams in the league come to Goodison Park in the last three home games. And we've lost against both of them. Leveled by Brighton. And just listen to what the fans think. Everton were so bad again today. Absolutely horrendous. No idea, no aggression. Conceded two terrible goals. And this is this is a the stench of relegation is in the air. And it reeks. It absolutely reeks of a team that's on its way down. Uh, chaos before the game. Animosity in the stands. Total and utter impotence and embarrassment on the pitch uh, there's a lot of people here still after the, after four times a lot of banners up a lot of people stood on the uh, on the barriers by the, the ground um, one of the banners says a football giant owned by a clown um, all you'll achieve is you'll take us down See what the other banners say. Um, well, this football club's only heading in one direction, unless do you know what? I don't even major changes at this point. Um, I don't think major changes even say at this point. This club is going one direction, and it's um, and it's down. Everything are going down. There's a lot of people here still. Those, those players are horrendous today. Uh, obviously, a lot of people saying you're not fit to wear the shirt. Totally right. I think Frank Lampard is showing now. Um, whatever you think of him is totally out of his depth. But yeah, um, I really get the message. I really get the impression. I hope the people at the top of this football club have got the, the message as well. Um, we'll be back in the Denby Castle soon uh, to reflect on that. Yes. Uh, yeah. That, if you see, you might just hear that, that. That was Adam Jones saying, "Can you swear on this podcast?" And Adam, you absolutely can. Um, we are. I mean, Dave's just talking over me here, trying to record the podcast. Anyway, it's one of them. Um, <laughs> uh, everyone's getting the booze in. Uh, as you probably know by now, Adam Jones is here with us. Dave Downey's here with us. I've got Matt Flusk and Mark Mosey as well. <sighs> Adam. 
very, very, very bad, wasn't it? Oh, it's dreadful. Absolutely dreadful. Uh, I haven't been to Goodison since the derby. Start of September, that was. You look miles better for it, by the way. Oh, genuine. Well, I don't feel it, no. (laughs) I wish I hadn't bothered, to be honest. Uh, To be honest, it wasn't even great in the first half. When they going in 1 0 up, I thought they were quite fortunate to be 1 0 up. The one good cross that was put into the box uh, all game from Everton ended up in the back of the net. Shock horror. And then, (coughs) second half, you've just been talking about what Lampard's said at half time I'm sure we'll get into that but you know the, how quickly it fell apart in the second half conceding inside the first minute never really looked like they had a plan to get back into the game and 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 scored another goal just oofing it forward to Calvert-Lewin who I felt sorry for to be honest because I, I just don't know what he was meant to do with the service he was given Did Sims the same when he was chucked on at the end and then Give, Gordon gives away the stupidest free kick going. I can't believe he gave away that free kick. Pickford couldn't set up the wall right, and then, and then you know, Ward Prowse does what we all knew Ward Prowse was going to do. It's pathetic, really, wasn't it? Um, I, I appreciate there are bigger issues going on here and we'll talk about the protest, we'll talk about what went on before, but I think just want to start on the actual <laughs> footy itself. Uh, Mark Mosey. Yeah, I think, you know, in the... In the in the aftermath of a game like that in the you know the following hours it's important to talk about the football you know all of us here have, have bleated on long and hard not only in the last fortnight but for many years about the the more kind of widespread and in-depth issues that are around at the football club but Adam's just touched on the fact that we didn't really have a plan to get back into the game I, I watch a team consistently every weekend they don't have a plan to get themselves into a game from, from minute one you know Adam referenced it again the first half was pretty abject if either team went in 1-0 ahead you'd probably say well the game's still there for anyone no one's really stood out one cross into the box from a set piece and the only player who I think deserved any form of ovation today and, and ultimately got it when he came off the pitch was Amadou Inanna. Um I thought he was head and shoulders not only on that particular cross but for everyone in an Everton shirt today um, you know the the, the baseline of Everton at the moment is that we've got a load of bad footballers and a, a pretty bad manager and that only ends in pretty bad results um, whether it is this season um, whether it is next season or whether it is in the next three or four years we reek of a football team that is destined to be playing championship football um, I, I personally can't hand on heart say that Frank Lampard is the man to avoid that um, I, I'm, I'm pretty confident now that if we stick with this guy until April or May then it will be far too late to, for Everton to survive um, we are totally void of any form of style of football it is give it to Jordan Pickford our, our best passer of a ball um, <laughs> g- give it to one of the defenders lump it up to Dominic Calvert-Lewin and let's see if people like Damari Gray can pick up the second ball and we'll see what happens further up the pitch um, <laughs> annoyingly again we are forced to provide our monthly reminder that a football team actually offered money for Anthony Gordon a few months ago um, that decision and the look of sheer 
helplessness that was on his face when he committed that foul. It was just sheer frustration. Uh, you know, you know, I'm not saying here it was a bad tackle. Um, if there is one football team in the country that you do not give free kicks yeah. against within 25 yards of your own goal, it's Southampton because we know what that man can do. Jordan Pickford, I don't even think he looked at it. Never mind, moved towards Stop it. Walking off. <laughs> totally resigned to the fact that the ball was in the back of the net, and I don't think you know. People were talking about this game being one of the biggest in Everton's (coughs) modern history. I I don't personally agree with that because, purely because it's January and not April or May. Um, But I think the the eerie level of resigned silence that was around Goodson Park for so much of that second half just echoed everyone's sheer belief in the fact that we we had no way back into that game you know Ellis Sims comes on on 80 minutes I don't think any one of us are thinking right we're back in this and and that that's not a personal you know that's not an attack on Ellis Sims himself it was purely the 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 kind of inbuilt notion that anything we tried today was not going to work and it's because we simply haven't got a blueprint about how we are going to win football matches and that is quite damaging for a club that has to win football matches yeah um most said a lot there probably said it all but it feels to me like this this result stings i was just celebrating uh brentford going one up Which, uh, I mean, we'll take anything we can at this point. Um, Who do you reckon Ivan Tony had the first goal? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it, it feels like it almost thinks twice as much that game. If, if we'd been absolutely, and we were abject at times and for a lot of parts of the game, but if we'd gone out from the first minute to the last minute, been absolutely dog shit and got legged off the park in both halves and lost 3-4-0, it probably would sting less than this because I thought that first half was one of our better halves of football since really? before the World Cup. Yeah, really? I, do. I honestly that's do. It. It. I honestly <laughs> do. Honestly, I do. But like, I was feeling positive at half-time and then obviously 50 seconds into the second half. No, but genuinely, I do think that first half we were not spectacular. We were competent. We only, for the first half an hour, they didn't get a sniff at all, whether that's our good play, their bad play, whatever. They grew into the game after the first half an hour and then obviously at the end they had that chance which I'm told by people who had the benefit of replays was an outstanding save by Pickford. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. But, and then, yeah, second half, 50 seconds and Moses right, it just, it felt very flat. Everyone was just deer in the headlights and, yeah, I mean, I've, I've got my own opinions of what can save us at this point. Um, it's a long shot, but, if things stay the way they are with this with this manager, and I've never been one for calling for manager sackings, especially not after just short of a year. But I, I never wanted the man, and it's very eerie to look at the tweets from a few years ago of Chelsea fans just before he was sacked, and it's so familiar. It's the same mistakes he's making. He's, he's not learned, he's not progressed. And, I mean, it, this could be curtains for Frank Lampard, not just as Everton manager, maybe even as a manager, because... I, I struggle to see how another team's going to take a chance on him after this job. And he, he will get sacked soon. He will. I know that Farhad Mashiri came out this week and said that he's backing him and everything like that. We've all seen that before. It's the dreaded vote of confidence. That's the kiss of death, isn't it? Yeah. Like, I mean, I think the record was 12 hours from one of them statements to being sacked. But we, we know it's coming soon. And whoever comes in, whether it be Sean Dyche or someone else, my personal preference is we need to get David Moyes if West Ham sack him and hopefully they sack him tonight because I'm just like sod it all let's just go back to the glory days of finishing eighth place or whatever 
but like Sean Dice, most said there, our plan is give the ball to Pickford, play it out to a defender, lump it up to Calvert Lewin, see if he can knock it down and get something going. I don't see how Sean Dice will change that at all. I really don't. I really don't at all. It, it looks very grim at the moment. Yeah, and, and like, it's, it's hard to say different things and the lads have already said here that's um, it's anything really more depressing. Um, I think I've started to think now where does a positive come from here? Where's the positive that turns us anywhere? And I'm not just talking about Frank Lampard getting three points somewhere. I mean that in the sense of who do you get to the, cl- the club to save this now? Um, I was saying to you guys just before we started, looking at the league table, two points separates the top seven sides. Now, top, bottom seven. Sorry, bottom yeah. seven. I wish it was the top. <laughs> so you turned upside down because I was pissed. But you just um, got on a tangent about the Man City game, like all of a sudden, didn't want to talk about everything. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, the thing is, a lot of happy clappers sort of have, have kept talking about that, the one-all draw. Then the funny thing was, Damari Gray did what Damari Gray does today, I thought, as in he was absolutely useless, yeah. Where does he'll go from being really, really good for five minutes and then being completely shite? And that's what he was today, completely shite. Everything he put in the box, everything about it was really, really poor. Um, yeah, on, on, the, on the manager side of things, like I said, I don't see where this gets either better for Lampard or better for us when you're talking about making a change. When does it take that you sack him? We've said this before, Matt, how many times we've done this on the Blue Room in the last 10 years with managers that we've had, you start thinking... But when's the best time? You start saying that famous saying, you know, it needs to get worse before it gets better. Where does this get any worse? I, I, I can't see us doing anything worse. Well, in hindsight, the time was Bournemouth, wasn't it? After those two games against Bournemouth, when I think probably all of us knew deep down in the pit of our stomach that that, that was it. There, there's no coming back from that, really. And with that big break coming up, time to work with the players, I think we all probably knew deep down then that that was the time. Yeah, I mean, what was it? Uh, aggregate 7-1 defeat. Yeah. Over four days, a few lads must have stayed down at Bournemouth and not come back up to the north, to be honest with you. But <laughs> it's, um, I, I, don't, I don't feel now, especially, and I, I know there's, there's a subject that is quite a horrible thing to talk about when we heard about the breakout from uh, assaults being thrown towards the board and stuff like that. Well, who's there to change the manager now? I don't know where Machiri is still probably talking to Jim White. knows what the score is. No, exactly. <laughs> see, see but that, that is the problem. You've seen him come on. And we spoke about it at length on, on the pods we've done all week, didn't we? Mark, we spoke so much at length about what this fella said on TalkSport. Me and you spoke about what he put in the letter. You're talking about a man who's completely deluded anyway. If he's the one left to change things, could you see him actually doing it? And I know he has. I know he, he'll have said himself, or well, he hasn't said it himself, but we know, like Matt said then, he'll be the one who makes the decision. He's the one that sort of stuck his nose in whenever he's wanted to. It's quite ironic that now's the time he probably needs to, team-wise, and he's not going to do that. The board and in the President of the United States safe seller or whatever he stays when he, someone's going to shoot at them. Um, I, I just don't see where this ends, and, and I don't think he's going to get sacked this week before West Ham. We spoke, again, we spoke all week at length about when's the ideal time to sack him. If you could choose personally... A lot of a lot of people, a lot of blues. Well, it, it is up to us, according to. Well, to <laughs> <laughs> we, Mark spoke so eloquently about this on one of the pods. Do go and listen to it if you can. Um, yeah, that's it. Oh, I, I, I what did he say? That it wasn't for Guided by the fans. Yeah, guided by the fans. I, I don't know who's been guiding them, to be honest. Yeah. Jimmy Corkill or something like that. But I, I'm I'm not sure where who who is who is running this football club now, which is. Incredibly ironic because all we've done is bang on about the boards anyway. Yeah. 
the owners being a joke, the boards being a joke. We spoke to, you know, people seem to place it in two, two different directions. One's the owner, one's the board. Who is it that's going to change all this? By and large, it seems that he come out and started talking to TalkSport, the nonsense that he come out with. But it seems like it's his decision. If you don't want your football club relegated and lose hundreds of millions of pounds, literally, and the stadium's going to turn into Pretton Park, he needs to make a decision right now. The, the problem with the problem with having a, a total lack of accountability at that level is that in order to make an impactful decision, and in this case being a change of manager, you have to get to the absolute lowest low so that everyone can look around in the boardroom and say, well, you know, we are at that point now where we have no option. And that's, that's been Everton's failure for years and managers, you know, a few times over in that we, we have to we have to constantly try and get ourselves to the absolute rock bottom of whether it be in business potential or our, or our footballing ability we, we seem to constantly strive just for that one extra defeat before we actually make a change and the reason we do that is because there's no focal person who's in charge of that process you know in, in an ideal world that should be Kevin Falwell's job because the idea of having someone like him or someone like Marcel Brands whether you like the whole model of director of football or not is that they're in charge of how the football <coughs> team plays you know Beyond, regardless of who is in charge, and we've seen football teams do this far more effectively than Everton in terms of having a structure and the man who stands on the sideline. There's an acceptance that he changes quite often. You know, Chelsea have done it bizarrely. Uh, Seville, on a much grander scale, have been able to adapt and change managers and still maintain the same structure. Everton don't have a structure because there's this total lack of accountability on the board. You know, we, we talk about timing and, and we spoke about it in the week in terms of when is a good time to sack Frank Lampard. We are now obviously getting to that point where there is no other decision and no other destination for him. The reality of why this should have happened after Bournemouth is I think we all collectively knew at that point that keeping us up against Crystal Palace was going to be the best thing that he ever did at Everton. I think as soon as the final whistle went against Crystal Palace, we all knew that that was going to be the best thing that Frank Lampard ever did at Everton. And for me, that's, that's exactly why you move on instantly. If you, if you think you've peaked with a certain player or with a certain setup or a certain manager and no, no greater thing can come with that then he goes yeah I, I am I am classing I am classing Everton's final day survival as a peak there um, you've had good times Matt um, but you know the, the 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 obvious reality now is that there is only one direction for this um, there is he, he doesn't have the the tactical mouse to change things on a minute by minute basis never mind a week by week basis um, we've seen his, his comments after the game today where he he declared that today's game at half time was no longer a tactical battle if, if I was an Everton manager and we were 1-0 up against the bottom side in the league I'd make sure that I made that a tactical battle to make sure that the opposition can't get back into the game um, you, anyone can go into a, a Premier League dressing room and say to the lads show me you want it um, and, and on the back of the second half that we've win just the, seen, win the second half, lads. <laughs> it is, and you know, if, if I if I was Frank Lampard and my team talk at half time today was go out and show me how much you want it, and I watched that second half, my my only course after that is to resign. 
if, 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 I'm, if I'm telling the players to go out there and show me how much it means to you, go and do it for me, the crowd, the kit man, whoever it is that you play for. Do it for Bill. Go, go, <laughs> go, go and show me how passionate you are about making this football club a success, and you see that. You, you're clearly not having the impact with those players that you want to. Yeah, um, obviously, Adam, there's loads going on before the game today, loads going on after it. Um, and it's all just dead sad, isn't it? I think more than anything, you know, I think the stuff before the game, obviously, it's all sort of come out as we've been getting to the, the pub and it's all been filling out during the game. It sort of remains to be seen what, what happens with the police and stuff like that. Um, protests after the game, I was surprised by how many stayed behind, to be honest. I think the results obviously had a lot to do with that, but. It just adds another layer, doesn't it, to this this sort of feeling that we are a circus club, we are a crisis club. Well, that's it. it like, it felt like something of a transformative moment, and it it kind of needs to be some sort of transformative moment. Like having that many fans staying behind and you know singing what they were singing, you know, not toward, not just towards the ball, but to the players as well. You know, like every, everybody everybody is open to to criticism in this. Well, I say everybody, the fans probably aren't, but you know, lines were drawn in the sand today, which. And, and a few days ago where it looked like Machiri was maybe blaming the fans yeah. now it looks like it, it, it just feels it, it just feels so strange doesn't it like it, it really it really does feel like Everton fans are fighting against everything at the minute yeah. like they, they, they've, they've got such a battle and this was like the first their, their first sort of shot at it and you know, how many fans would you say stayed stayed there? Like thousands, wasn't there? Thousands, yeah. Yeah, thousands of fans staying behind. You know, fair play to everybody that did. To be honest, you know, it, it was from from what I've seen so far, it was done in a very you know peaceful sort of manner, respectful manner. Like that's exactly what you want to see. You want to you want to see fans uh, voicing voicing the concerns in that sort of manner. And I think you know it's only the arrogance of the Everton boards that has that has led to this you know you see like Mishiri's thing with talk sport the other day that just struck a pure a pure fucking arrogance to me like I've put loads of money into this we're like I'm, I've got full faith in Lampard we'll be fine we won't we, we, we won't be fine we won't be fine if we continue like this we won't be fine they need to accept that this is an absolute scrap for our lives and you know Hopefully, this can be a change, like a turning point, to finally make you know people at the top, like further up the club, realise that this is an actual battle. Because as it, as it stands, Everton are the worst team in the league, and they are going down. Like they need to change it. Going off on a bit of a tangent here, something different. I actually want to ask Adam a question because I haven't seen it for ages anyway. But also, <laughs> since he's changed his job from anywhere to the Echo. Yeah. Feel free or openly if you don't want to answer this question. Because you'll have had this a lot when you're there. Given, I'm, I'm, given... I'm expecting like what you're getting from the Chippeals. You've destroyed this serious question everyone was waiting for. What what I'd like to ask, and that's you to a certain extent, Matt, but you obviously have a different type of thing. But obviously years of covering Everton. Yeah. Years before that, I did a similar thing working at Radio City, and the things that the club put in your direction that you, they really don't want you to ask, and constantly you get that email that says, "Stay away from this, stay away from that, make sure you focus on this." You get told it when you went to Finns Farm for the presses and stuff. If you look back at that and compare it to what Everton are like now as a football club, 
do you think this has been something that perhaps you'd suggest might be coming, given given what you'd had to do previously? I'm, and I'm talking about going to Finch Farm to interview a manager when we've had a woeful run, going there the week before we've sacked a manager like Cooman or anybody else, the Allardyce here, that dreadful thing. Did you always feel the way the football club was ran from that angle? We'd end up in this sort of state. Not really, to be honest. Like, I think from my time reporting on the club, I was, I was, I never really got the sense that they were like telling me to stay away from certain aspects or anything. Like, I never got those. But your personal those sort feeling of towards that, though. I mean, I, I, I think it's it's probably it's probably much higher than that, really. Where which is where all the failings of. Have come from, yeah. and I think I think that's what you know. This this campaign is is really against, isn't it? You know, I've I've never had any sort of dealings with Machiri or Ken Rice or you know, very extremely rarely Denise Barrett Baxendale. Like I've, I've, I've never really, I, I was dealing with sort of the ground level. I was dealing with these managers themselves, and you know, baby directors of football themselves. Like you know, it, it, it's 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 just been a long slippery slope from the top down hasn't it like, I think you could point your finger at any aspect at Everton and go well this is this is a reason why why we're where we are right now this is a reason why we're, we, we are where we are like I do just think it just keep coming back to this this sort of arrogance that you know we're Everton and we're somehow different than every, everybody else we don't need to change what we're doing because we're Everton everyone looks at us and says oh we're, aren't we amazing yeah, yeah like it, it's more that sort of Attitude, which has been, you know, seeping into every sort of aspect of the club right now, and you know, like fingers crossed, as I say, like this can this can be the start of a change right now because it needs to be. Yeah, I mean, it's from what Adam said there. When you when you as a journalist, as as a local journalist in City, national journalist, whoever you are, there only be very very limited amounts of time that you are able to discuss certain things with people at the football club. I think we can all openly say that. It was really hard what we've tried to do with the Blue Room as well when there's been times when the club have, met, have, have messaged us and said, look, we want to open the door a little bit, let you discuss and find out what's going on at the club. And then they battened down the hatches as soon as they possibly could. Well, what do you think we thought of that today? <coughs> like, after the game? Do you think, do you think a bit, you know, because I think there's that, that famous phrase, wasn't there, coined by, by somebody saying that one of the previous protests was one man and his dog. Uh, that was a lot more substantial today, wasn't it? What, what... You know, obviously watching on from afar because they weren't at the ground today. What, what do you think the people who were at the top of Everton thought of that? And do you think Farah Machiri's even watched it? Uh, with him, no. I, I actually had a suggestion on the pods earlier this week. I asked Mark about this. Do you actually think he gives a shit? Um, given the other business stuff he's got going on in his life, he's from and, and the accountancy side of what he's really good at, apparently, and stuff like that. Does he really care as much about Everton as what you'd think? I'd be inclined to say no, I don't think he does. Otherwise, he'd be at the ground a lot more. Ultimately, as well, we'd all turn around and say he's a bit of a, sh- a shitbag as well as being as deluded well, as I've ever known. I think, I think, I think <coughs> saying he doesn't care is a big thing to say, but I think it, in some sense, I think it's really fair because when you listen to that talk sport thing, and I, I keep going back to that, mm-hmm. if, you, if you're, if you're going to make a statement to fans of a football club who are really terrified about what's yeah. going on at the moment... Listen, if you're going to go on talk sport, no one really wants it, fine. But don't do it when you, you've got music blaring in the background. In, 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 a, 
in a, in a slapstick party, you know, didn't he? You know, if, if any of you came on the podcast, the music in the background, I'd go, turn your fucking music off, lads. Well, like this right now. Yeah, yeah, but, the, <laughs> this, this is, but no, this is very different, obviously, because we're, we're, we're in somewhere. It's not just but, music, it was another one bites the dust. Exactly, when he's but, talking about how really? he's not going to sack Lampard, yeah. But it'd be like, but you, you'd be like, just, you know, what are you doing, turn it off? It, it just feels like it's all just sort of like a, no a byproduct a little bit. And it, it's just so slapdash, isn't it? Well, that, that is why I think it's it's wrong when people are saying, I'm blaming Bill, or I'm blaming Denise, uh, blaming Denise, or, or it's all Mishiri's fault. The book stops with Mishiri because he's the owner. It's as simple as that. The, the board side of it is a, a things for probably even slightly older fans who go back all the way to 95 when he took over the football club from Peter Johnson, and we've still been in a really difficult situation since then. Sometimes, like the, the years under Moyes, we cut it off a little bit, but it's always been there still. That's why I think now we're hitting a point where we've said this: how many fan bases, how many fans you can look in, you can look in the amount of um, amount of fans. That, that, I'd say it's certainly over ninety percent of fans. Not compared to what a year ago the Arsenal game, people were laughing when the twenty-seven thing did, when a few people walking out and whatnot. Compare that to now. How drastic that's become. But then, going what you were referring to there about Machiri, Matt, is if he's so um, supportive of the board, if they're, if they're the people that are fine by him, the thing he come out with, the, the from Liverpool, so they sort of get it, I'd, I'd love to know what they've actually said and fed to him. More to the point, and why I've said, is he actually asked? Because it wouldn't take much to find out what is so wrong with this football club and then the idea is he's come out and said that he's doing what the fans want he's doing the exact opposite it's it's pathetic and it's 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 frightening it really is frightening we've discussed about going down and things like that you look at that league table I don't see us getting a win anytime soon um, what's he going to do I, about it? I think we're beyond help now in some respects well, I, we've I, got to sort of, uh, players out less than two weeks I, I just sort of look at it and think if we sack Lampard that's going to cost us money we would have spent on players if we spend money on players we've got a manager who's not good enough who's going to be working with them like what, what's, what's the way out of this it's, it's so difficult to see it who is telling him that it's fine to keep Frank Lampard as the manager and again there's loads of irony all over the place keep saying that way but with, with Lampard there is less fuss than you would have against any manager in terms of what he's done the stat they read on the radio before 37 games lost 20 of them he'd be long gone by now Mike Green although I have to credit he said to me back in October but he went I'd have got rid of him by now yeah. regardless of of that night against Palace which everyone refers to as a glory night don't forget we would have went down and we lost that game we're not celebrating it as in we've won something but it felt that way and I'm saying around saying oh thank god that's happened let it never happen again it's happened now but worse how's that man still in charge and how the owner is backing him show you everything you need to see about how deluded and sickening our football club is right now I don't think it can be changed you said at the start there's, there's no way that you can alter this now we've gone beyond Frank Lampard winning say six out of the next eight games and we start moving up the Premier League table that is not going to happen that's why I ultimately think and I said this immediately after the game finished I think we're, I think we're going down um, very quickly to wrap it up, I'll come to Matt and then Murray's. What happens now, mate? What do Everton need to do now? Can you see a way out of this? <laughs> I said before, and this is this is just my own personal opinion, like football-wise, 
the only thing I can see saving us now is if we just get David Moyes in and give him full football control, fuck off cop by Kev, all of that nonsense. You appoint a manager and he manages a football club. He is, he is though, isn't he? But, like, honestly, that's the only thing. I think he can string together enough results to get us enough points and then we go from there. Off the pitch, I'm very pessimistic than anything can or will change. And I fully respect anyone protesting, but the reason I'm not joining in is because I just know it's, it's a private company owned by a billionaire who is, let's say, generously slightly unhinged. Unless someone comes in with a billion pounds to take the club off his hands, nothing's going to change at all. Nothing will change. Like We can kick on as many doors as we like or allegedly get people in headlocks. You know, probably didn't happen, but... It's not going to change anything at all. And it's Mishiri's little train set. I, I don't think he cares um, in the sense of the football club doing well. I think he just wants to grow the assets, get the stadium finished, and then palm it off, sell it on to someone. And I'm, I'm not saying I don't want it to happen, but Jesus Christ, whoever Mishiri chooses to sell this football club to, I would be surprised if they were five times worse because that seems to be the way our luck's going at the moment. Uh, but yeah, it's... It, it does feel like a death spiral. I'll say to Dave before you guys turned up, we've seen this with other clubs over the years, like Villa and Sunderland. <laughs> and if this was a different club, if we were watching this from the outside, we'd all be going, they are going down the sink. Like, everything on and off the pitch looks like it's in complete free fall at the moment. And, yeah, it's, we, we need Keith here to give one of his rallying cries about cherishing your loved ones and stuff. Yeah, even, even, Keith, some grass. even Keith Tomlin has been seen off by this game. Like it's it's a yeah it's a very grim time and uh, all I can say to people is just and I know it's fucking horrible and it really hurts but it's it's only football try to remember that it's only football don't let it ruin your life like it's because you will just end up in a a pit of despair right now it's quite it's quite somber reading if you, if you have a, a deep dive into the, the darkest elements of the internet and see what Sunderland fans say about Everton at the moment in terms of <laughs> in terms of what they what they have seen in their own club and what they now see um, you know don't, don't take any other weird t- tangents when you you're on the dark web sleepless nights, you know, um, <laughs> you know the, the question of where we go from here just screws my mind you know I, all, all the things you've just said that ultimately lead to us only going in one direction. It's hard to argue with any of them. Uh, I think from a from a footballing point of view, um, the the reactive nature about how Everton is run means that we we are essentially, I believe, as a as a board and as a, a you know the, the hierarchy of the club, waiting for something else to happen at another football team. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm referencing Graham Potter at Chelsea. I'm referencing David Moyes, obviously at West Ham. I think we're just waiting to see what happens with other managers before we actually make our own decisive I love move. the idea of West Ham on Saka Moyes just because we're worse than that. <laughs> and then oh, we'll go and get him. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> if, if they've got anything about them, they keep Moyes for next week, beat a sorry Everton team, and then get rid of him and get their own manager in. Um, the, the sad reality of it is that I think most of us, if we said that Frank Lambard goes tonight and David Moyes is our manager tomorrow, would, would bite your hand off for it. Um, because I think there's, a, there's an acceptance there of 
of someone who's to an extent been there and done it and knows how to, to handle a football team in free fall uh, and that, that is absolutely what we are at the moment um, you know the, the, the only thing that breaks your kind of trend as you referenced earlier in terms of the money has to go somewhere and it's either on players for Frank or getting rid of Frank the only thing that really breaks that is if we have you know historically this is our major player sale territory isn't it this is where we get our 30 40 million pound player we get rid of him we use the money to get rid of the manager and then we've still got a little bit left to actually get some players in do you know what I'm not sure we'll get many suits for Pickford after his effort for that free kick today to be fair. Who, who are you looking at there you're, you're looking at someone possibly taking a chance on Jordan Pickford who is comfortably in my mind our best player or someone mystically finding some form of promise again in Anthony Gordon, which is clearly not going to happen. Um, you know, you, you only have to look at a team like Chelsea, who took a very brief look at Anthony Gordon and then thought, actually, there's a lot of very good footballers elsewhere. Um, I, I, I'm struggling to come up with an ultimate answer. Um, I, I think you kind of just have to do the obvious thing in these situations. And the obvious thing for me is that Frank Lampard is sadly just absolutely not up to running this football team um, we, we are clearly only going one way with him and the first step sadly is his removal and, I mean and, and, and as, as I say that Matt Holden Frank Lampard's quotes after the game today which says I know I'm not a miracle worker I know I'm not the best manager in the world but I'll try my best um, I like Everton I'm from the North West and I try my best as well uh, but that, that does not qualify me to run a football team um, and, and sadly it doesn't qualify Frank Lampard to still be here tomorrow <laughs> yeah we will leave it there uh, grim grim day again for Everton um, cheers to Moose cheers to Adam cheers to Dave and cheers to Matt uh, we're going to watch the rest of Brentford versus Bournemouth uh, Brentford still won that up uh, do us a favour against our relegation rivals so uh, probably, probably the best way to leave it is come on you bees <laughs> Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.